activist, author, designer, social entrepreneur, social futurist. I like that word. Also the founder of Stop Stuff, Sean Murray Esquire is next. You are tuned in to Black Hollywood Lives. Breaking into. I am ready for success. I am success. I am ready. What you're hearing right now is my song. So it's, kind of, it's my new song called I Am Ready. And it's about positive, motivational, I call it conscious dance music. That's what I'm creating. <laughs> Don't do I it. Like we need it. <laughs> we do. Oh my God, we need it. So badly, we need it. My goodness. Hi, welcome to Breaking Into. And I am James Hutchins, your host. We're here on Black Hollywood Live. You can find my single, I'll do a little, a little plug, on Google Play, Amazon, and it comes out on iTunes June 15th. So I'll play a little fun thing there. My guest, you know I try to bring you, you know, a very interesting guest who are doing things that are positive in the world because that's what I'm all about. And this guest is doing it. And I, I, was, and I, was, I was laughing because I was reading some stuff about her and she wants to create at least, at least a million right. people out there doing social change. And we're going to talk, talk about the five points she has. We're going to talk about what, who she is, where she's from, what Stop Stuff is. I'm so excited to have her on the show. She's just a lovely person, which makes everything better. Sean Marie Esquire, how Thank are you? Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, you, are, you know, you're doing, you're doing amazing work. And we're going to let people know what it is that you are doing because it is very important work out there. But I love when you said you wanted to have, like, a million people yeah, out there. Yeah, the goal is to have a million leaders, activists, and mm-hmm. social entrepreneurs to change the world. And that yep. means a million people not having a march, not tweeting, not talking, yes. but actually doing things to to change the world. Things that we can actually mm-hmm. quantify. Yes, which I think is important too because, yes, we are online and we do have our online lives. And, yes, some of that can affect things. Mm-hmm. But we are humans in the world. Yeah, and we have to interact with each other yes. beyond. And social media is a great avenue. I mean, in some ways, social media is what kind of drove me to this because I looked at the power of millennials. Millennials mm. are all over social media, and they have so yes. much power. So how can we take that power and turn it into activism and change? That was yes. really a lot of the genesis of what I do now. Yes, I did. What, what um, microphone am I on? Am I on three or four? You know? Do we know what, what I'm on? Hello, there I am. Okay. Now I can, now I can really hear myself. I couldn't hear myself for a second. This is live television, folks. <laughs> I want to hear me, my voice. Just yes. Kidding. No, I want to hear her voice. Um, okay, so now I'm perfect. Uh, okay, so, okay, well, first of all, before we even get into Stop Stuff and Stop Stuff Daily and all that, mm-hmm. I just want to get a little background for people out there for who you are, mm. uh, where you're from, and mm-hmm. kind of what led you to this movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so where are you from? Well, I I was born in Detroit, but I hate to say that out loud because I was only there <laughs> till I was four years old. Okay. So people want to try to connect oh, with you yes, on certain things. Yes. I'm not connected <laughs> to Detroit because I didn't grow up yeah, there. You know, yeah. I grew up in Connecticut. Oh wow! Okay, and yes. I grew up primarily in Westport, Connecticut. Okay, yes. And that's a funny thing being yes. a black person yes. who grew up in Westport, Connecticut, because there were few and far between. Uh, yes, you say that. Yes, and then because of what I'm doing in terms of activism and particularly gun violence, people will say to me, oh, where'd you grow up? And they think I'm going to say, like, I grew up in Compton yes, or, yes. you know, East Detroit or yes, something like yeah. that. I'm like, no, I grew up in <laughs> Westport, Connecticut, but I have compassion. Yeah. And that goes to, you know, what you're asking me about, kind of my, my background. Yeah. I mean, my background 
professionally is business finance yeah. and law. Yeah. So I, I practice law. I've run. Like hello. Yeah, I've done a whole bunch of stuff. I ran yeah. a. Nonprofit for Reggie White, yeah. uh, who was a big football player. Yes, at yes, who just yes, yes. Yeah, and I, um, I worked on Wall Street where I did yeah. institutional sales of convertible bonds. I was senior vice president of business development strategic initiatives for a healthcare IT company. I had my own medical education company, and then I've been out here in in La La Land, yes. <laughs> where at one point I was managing a, a fifty million dollar portfolio of music for Smokey Robinson and um, Norman Whitfield yeah. with James and people like that. But I've I've given all of that up to do what I now know is my calling. Stop there. Okay, this is very important because a lot of us I'm finding who are doing this kind of work and I mean work in terms of giving back to the community in a way that's stronger and larger than just volunteering. Like we're doing stuff, we're creating companies and things. It's funny, I did a lot of different things too. I was a nurse, worked in insurance. Um, I've got several degrees and things, but when I turned 40 years old, I found my calling. Mm. So I just want to start with that kind of, let people know it's never too late to find your calling. Oh God, no. I mean, finding your calling, it's... Well, you know what? It's a matter of choice. That's what it is. So for me, five years ago, I was living in New Jersey. I had done all these things. I had this great-looking resume on paper, and I was extremely unhappy. And I mean, mean, I'm talking about, like, that dark night of the soul, guttural, you know, unhappiness. And I literally just had to say to myself, okay, are you going to move forward and live your life as it's as you were meant to live it here on this planet or not mm-hmm. and for me that was literally a life or death decision and that's that. why i have mm-hmm. so much compassion for people because i understand pain you know a lot of times i, I for a while i was calling myself like a warrior or a goddess yes, okay. but you know what i don't call myself those things anymore and what i don't call myself a goddess because it seems Separate from other people. Oh, okay, I get it. I don't call myself a warrior because I really don't want to fight. I want to heal. You know what I'm mm. saying? And there's a there's a, a term I don't know if you've heard of it called a chiron, and a chiron yeah. is a wounded healer. Yeah. And I feel that that's who I am, and that's where I come from, and that's how I can touch and and reach mm. people because I I even though I haven't. I haven't uh, experienced the same things that other people might have experienced. I can I come from a place of compassion, and that is what gives me the strength to help people in whatever situation they might be in. I think empathy is just as valuable than as living it. Yeah. If you have an ally who can recognize something that's going down that's not positive and wants to help that situation, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, you don't, yeah. To, you don't have to be a person. You don't have to, don't have to go through everything. Well, but see, that's called being human. Yes. That, that is what humanity is. And, you know, I, I, I remember saying, look, little kids, when kids see something or they feel something, they cry. Yes. And as adults or as we get older, we're taught not to do that. And I don't think that that's right. I agree with you. I don't So that it's like when I drive through Skid Row here in L.A., that makes me cry. Yeah. Because it's completely unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And for you know anybody who doesn't know who's watching, yeah, yeah. Skid oh, Row yeah, right. is this blocks and blocks oh, and blocks yes. of homeless people who live in this this tent, tent village yeah, yeah. on the street and we yeah. drive through that going to work or going to meetings mm-hmm. or whatever it is and there's this whole microcosm that's happening there and and LA has the largest number of homeless veterans in the United yeah, States yeah. so to drive through that and 
put some kind of blinders on and pretend like we don't see that. I, I mean, I can't do yeah, that. Yeah, either. I can't do it. I want to share something with you, actually. It's kind of funny. You're inspiring me to tell you the story, a quick story. I had a guest on the show who told me, um, you know, when you drive, you're here in L.A., it's all about traffic. <laughs> and you're all going to get somewhere. I'll get you somewhere. <laughs> right. But there's times when you're you're driving on a street, a crowded street, and then a homeless person suddenly decides to cross, mm-hmm. not at a crosswalk. Mm-hmm. And they may be mentally challenged, may not be whatever, and everybody's honking, everybody's getting upset. He said his mind changed because he sees that a lot. He goes, "You know what it is? They just want to be known, be seen." Yeah, yeah. And he goes, and it, it taught him compassion about everybody else in the world. That one of the basic human things that we want to know is that we're being seen yes, and heard. Yes, and I and I experience that with kids all the time. There's a, an amazing place out here that I help to support. That's called the Boyle Heights Youth Technology okay. Center, which is out right outside of Skid Row. And yeah. It's for at-risk kids. And see, this is going to actually make me start crying. Because I have to tell you a story. Yeah, tell me. So it's for at-risk kids, kids who've already been in trouble. Some of are, you know, uh, on uh, parole or what have you. And they focus on art and music and technology. Mm. And um, I was there in October, and I um, I met a young man named Anthony Nelson, and I'm, I'm tearing up because I know his sister is going to watch this because I'm going to share it with her. Um, Anthony was uh, 20 years old in the music program, had these, you know, his headphones around yeah. his neck. You know, he saw the hat that I have, which is the gun about stop gun violence. And he liked it. I gave it to him. I have him on on camera advising people that we need to stop gun violence and that we need to stop killing each other. And he says the bodies are piling up. And that was October, and he was dead by December. So when <sighs> when people... And, and, you know, I helped to raise money for his funeral. And his mm. sister, who just graduated, and congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, she... She lost her best friend not long before that yeah. also to violence and buried them next to each yeah. other. So this is, you know, when so when people like you, I, you were talking about, you, you know, giving up other things you've done in your life, mm-hmm. finding your calling and people, you know, if I'm a spaz, it's because of this. Yes, you know what I'm yes, saying? It's yes. like I'm so determined because these kids are losing their lives. And the way that relates to what you were just saying about wanting to be seen when I go to the Boyle Heights Youth Technology Center, I, these kids are absolute gurus. When you ask them questions about life, they will tell you I the know. answers. I'm sure. They have the answers because they had they have such a sense of, of compassion and they've been through so much. I've interviewed them about you know, just this one thing about gun violence, mm-hmm. but there's so many other things that yeah. they experience. And then one girl, I her name is Shy, and um, I asked her on camera about gun violence. She's like, oh, you know, when I was 13, oh, when I was 10, oh, I think the first time was when I was five. She said, you know, after a while, you just get used to it, and you're waiting for the next person to get smoked. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that just listening to them, and this is p- part of my mission is to let voices be heard where they're not otherwise heard because they are so valuable to our society and particularly young black millennials Mm -hmm. who have people who've been through stuff done stuff they're not afraid to talk about stuff they have we have so much to learn from them and they're minimized in our in our society but Mm -hmm. their voices are so so important and you know I'm kind of going to go slightly off topic but when I'm thinking about this because it's been so heavy on my mind you know we just passed June 1st which was the 
anniversary of the demise of Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And anyone who doesn't know this, you got to know, you know, 1921, Tulsa, Oklahoma, there were 600 businesses, 15,000 black people in a 36-block, you know, uh, area. And it was thriving. There were six private planes, 20-something mm-hmm. churches, this black community. It was, it was segregated, you know? Mm-hmm. But it was absolutely thriving. And the, the people just, they bombed this city. And they literally burned every single house to the ground. They went with shotguns and shot as many people as they could. They, they looted their homes because they had such amazing stuff, pianos yeah. and jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. And then burned this entire city to the ground. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what we as black people are up against. But I think Black Wall Street is such an example in a way of of social entrepreneurship, because I think anything that a black person does business wise that has a positive impact on his or her community, our community, mm-hmm. that is social entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. It is. And I it's funny because I've had many. I've, again, I'm very blessed to have this show because I've met many people who are in our communities doing positive things. I, I think of uh, Ron Finley, who's the, the the Gardner gangster. He's in the community planting gardens. Right. And that is so important. Here in L.A. So important. And it's like, it's to see, because I have a garden in my house. I love gardening. That's my, that's my sanctuary. <laughs> but this thing about just, you know, showing kids how to tend to something. Yes. To care about something. Yes, yes. That's the basic level. It is, it is. Because they're not getting it from home sometimes. Yes. Or from their peers or from the teachers or, like you said, like we always say, you fix a a child now, you don't have a broken man or woman later, you know. Right, right. Well, that's like when I see people throw garbage in the area uh, where they live. To me, that means you've just, you've literally given up on life. You don't care about yourself. You don't care about community. And, you know, the the motto for Stop Stuff is be yourself, change the world. And like I said, that comes from my own experience of just becoming fully self-actualized myself Mm -hmm. five years ago. And what I do know is that the moment I made that decision to love myself completely and live in my destiny, my entire life changed. I completely agree with that. Yes. Seriously. It's a decision. It is a decision. And it's funny because... My girl used to always say to me, may she rest in peace, Miss Arthuretta, not all money is good money. Mm. And she used to say, I'm a oh girl. Oh, my God. I love that saying. I said, but at first yes. I was like, girl, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Oh, I, was, no. I, mean, I, yes. I, mean, I grew up in the 80s. I got mm. some money. And I learned when I was making $100,000 a year, my stomach hurt every single day. Mm. When I quit that job, my stomach stopped hurting literally mm. like two hours later. Mm. Not even... Excuse my language, shitting you. <laughs> no, I know. I totally understand. No, and, and another reason that that statement is so important in social entrepreneurship, not all money is good money. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take, there's not all money that I right. want. Now, can I use money to of expand course. this right. business and do what I need to do? Right. Absolutely. But I don't know. You know, there's this thing about you have to know what your why is. My why, that is the most important thing in my life. And so I need people who want to work with me, support me, finance me, who truly believe in the why. If they don't believe, Mm -hmm. I don't want that money. I agree. I completely agree with that. Because it is is important who you keep your company with. Yes, it is. And that's that's another thing in terms of of kids. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was thinking really strongly (laughs) about that also the other day because, you know, who you keep your company with, it it really does rub Mm -hmm. off on you. It does. 
So, and I think I really didn't recognize that until I was an adult. I have Same to here. say, Same and here. I, I've, I've not even an adult. I was my forties. I think I realized that. I'm like, <laughs> okay, <"Whoa."> exactly. but <laughs> I've kept a really good crowd, no, really, too. my whole life. Me too. But then I, like, if you're around people who, hmm, who don't accept responsibility for their own lives, then mm. that can start to rub off on you. You know what or, I'm saying? Or people who they can be super nice. They can be super sweet. But there's either no, for me, it's no ambition. There's no drive. Yes. There's no, uh, you're super nice. It's good for you. I mean, you everybody, everybody's different. Asking, like I said, be yourself. I'm asking you to be anything else. Just that they but, do. but also, you can be yourself over there yes. and not near me. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and, <laughs> right. and it's so funny because my brother and I had this discussion last night about because right. I have, uh, was yesterday, my best friend Michelle was her birthday yesterday. Shout out to Michelle. She bought me this shirt for my birthday oh, last nice. month. Happy birthday. Um, but I've known her 23 years. And I was saying, I have, my brother's like, you actually have some really good friends. So I do have about maybe 10 of us that we've been friends for 20 year plus years. Mm. And they're all doing amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. We're all different. Mm-hmm. And then we're all in different parts of the country. We're all doing amazing stuff. I love hearing things that are going on for them. And I, 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 did, I did a post on Facebook the other day. I was saying, I like seeing hearing about my friends' successes, no yes. matter what size they of are. Of course, of course. Now, see, the benefit of having grown up in Westport, Connecticut, is that I grew up in that environment mm. that did rub off on me. Good. You understand Good. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I'm a, a young black kid, you know, growing up in let's say, certain areas of Chicago, it makes it more difficult. Like, you have to find yeah, okay, those people. Or, or you have to have mentors mm-hmm. who are actually coming to your community who can, who maybe, who, and maybe who've been there. You yeah. know, that, that, yeah. there, there's, there, there's a social responsibility yeah. in that, too. Yeah, there is. But I, I, I was very lucky because I grew up in an environment that made me... I don't know, you know, I, I don't want to say this word, but it's the only word that's coming to me. It's like there's and when you grow up in an area like that, there's a sense of entitlement, meaning you have expectation mm-hmm. that you will be successful, right. expectation that you will be educated, expectation mm-hmm. that you will have money. This is just normal. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing, actually, because you just yes. have it in your mind. This is normal. Well, it's funny. I grew up, I grew up in South Central LA, so I grew up I grew up not rich or anything. And But it's funny. My, my father is from Louisiana. And he's one of five boys. Mm-hmm. My grandmother was one of those who came to California with her five boys with fried chicken, she said, on a train. <laughs> and they settled, they settled in Compton. Right. And, you know, and each of the sons are super, I think they're super achievers. Like, each of the sons has gone on, like, including my father, have gone on to great things. And why do you think that happened? Because it started with her. There we go. Because she was like, I, she was a janitor part time. Mm-hmm. She was a housemaid for these rich folks yes. in Hollywood. She showed us So what that you work. just said is she was an entrepreneur. She was. Right, she was. She, she was. was an entrepreneur. Was. That she was, was the best. She struck out on her own. She struck out on her own. Yes. Well, actually, both my grandmothers, my other grandmother, she came to California without benefit of husband and kids, and started on her own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we always saw that. Mm-hmm. And so personal lives would be the greatest, but professionally, <laughs> uh, I saw I saw very much how hard they worked. Yes. And so many of our generation, we're all successful in what we, at varying degrees, of what we do too, because mm-hmm. we get the example. It starts. It starts from the top anyway. It always starts from the top. Yeah, yeah, and you know, right. and I had that. I had that. Have that same experience going back to like my grandparents. So my grandma. Mother Rosalind, 
she in the seventies she you know she she was valedictorian of her of her high school she got uh, academic scholarships that did not pay for books so she couldn't go to college wow. she ended up she actually went to nursing school but in the seventies she started the Michigan Institute for Child Development she had like six campuses before she wow. died educating kids from first through twelfth grade yeah. taking them on trips around the world bringing in leaders and mentors wow. doing things exposing them you had to call everyone Mister or Mrs mm-hmm. no pronouns like were announced. Allowed and only excellence was accepted. And that's how I was raised. I was raised that only excellence is mm-hmm. accepted. And by the way, that's a very difficult way to yes. grow up. Yes, it was it very, very, very hard. And yes. I had to yeah. kind of have a lot of recovery yeah, around of course, that of course, yeah. so that I could then accept it in a yeah. way that f- feels good for me. But it's so important to know that you can achieve the best. That's what I show. I have a grandson graduating high school a next grandson? week. Wow. I have three grandchildren. <laughs> I have two grown daughters. Both my daughters graduated college. Very proud of both of them. But I have three grandchildren and my oldest grandson is graduating high school. You know it's black folks how we gray, how we age. It's mm. all my go-to. <laughs> the gray. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens with him. My niece Haley is graduating um, uh, magnum cum laude from Hampton University in Virginia. Oh, nice. I went Ms. to Haley. Howard. Excellent. I mean, yes. we call that the first HU, yes, as course. you know. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but I'm very proud of her. I'm <laughs> yes. very, very proud of her. She, she's back home in L.A. now, uh-huh. going to go to USC, get her master's. Mm. Uh, so, I'm watching my next generation, after next generation now, blossom. start to blossom. And it's mm-hmm. very exciting because I get worried. Mm. I get nervous. I do volunteer also in certain places, and I get nervous. I get you get nervous, nervous about what? That the, this generation will fall apart. Mm. I mean, they need to... You know, our, they're not gonna. They're not gonna fall apart. But I don't think they're they're not, not, I'm getting. Yeah. I'm getting more, more, and more. I'm feeling better about things. But mm. at first, for a while, I was just really, I was really just like, I hope they can really pull, pull us together. Because I mean, hopefully, if I'm lucky, I'll be around for another thirty years. Mm. But it really, it's for them. They're yeah. the ones who be taking over. Yeah, and, and, see, I, and I don't. I don't have any children, children or grandchildren. So I, I, I say my children are the children of the yes. world. Yes. And I. I mean, I had a vision of myself when I was a young kid of me being with all these little brown kids, yeah. and it's and it's literally coming to pass. Yeah. But you know, when I say that, they're they're not going to fail. First of all, we are not going to let them fail. That, that's number one. Number two is they actually believe. The thing about millennials is that they care mostly about two things. One, about being better people. That's true. And yes. they are avid consumers of self-help material, which mm-hmm. I found so interesting. And then the second thing is that they truly believe that we can change the world together. Mm. 74% of millennials actually contribute to nonprofits with money or time. And there was actually a really interesting um, survey that Bank of America did recently where I think it was the same number, 74 or 75% of millennials believe in investing in social enterprise. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, so that, they're yeah. way ahead yeah. of most of the rest of us who yeah, might no. not even know yeah. what a social enterprise is. And getting to social enterprise, and I, I find this very interesting for me because I have a social enterprise and a nonprofit, and some people get really, I think, confused or, or uh, uncomfortable about what social enterprise is. I mean, a social enterprise is an organization geared to make money, but it's Mm, geared to make money while changing the world, while helping people. And it's really important, that structure, because charity, if you're a charity, charity, you're depending on others to give to you. Every year, you're co- mm-hmm. co- depending on these right. contributions and right. what have you. A social enterprise is put in place because a social enterprise is scalable and sustainable. 
So the kind of change that I'm trying to make, I'm trying to scale the change. I'm not mm. trying to have a little mini nonprofit over yeah. here that does yeah. this. This is why I, I mean I have the background right. that I have. Yeah, 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 yeah there, right. I mean there's no better person to do what I'm doing right now than me. Well, okay, okay kids. Okay, kids. <laughs> and good night, everybody. Talk to Mike. See you guys exactly. later. It's nice to know you guys. See you later. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. No, I like that. I like that. But and, that thing about yeah. social enterprise, people, I find it so interesting. And I think that there might be a little bit of, you know, the way kind of black people look at it, that I should just be doing this for free. Or mm. you have no idea how many people are like, oh, is that half for free? No, that's not for free. No. I'm trying to fund a business and fund mm-hmm. a movement. Yes. And it and it's and social enterprise. It's it's very interesting if you look at what's happening in Canada and even the UK. It's so much more mm-hmm. acceptable. And there's even uh, I don't know if you ever heard of social franchising, but that is something that I intend to do with Stop Stuff. So imagine having Stop Stuff franchised all around the wow. country, and each franchise is focused on issues that affect that, that area. community. I like that. Yes. Oh, I'm going to do that. You are? I, I have no, I have no yes. doubt. Yes. <laughs> I have no doubt, girl. I have no doubt. <laughs> doing it. I have no doubt. I want to say hi to everybody who's watching right now live. I want to say hi to you guys. Yes, hello. Hi, I'm glad everybody. you guys tune in. This is, this is Sunday <laughs> evening. We're, we're, having a, we're having some testimony happening here today. Yes, we um, are. Okay, so I'm going to lead, it's gonna lead into, we're going to talk, talk to you all day, so we're gonna, we're gonna, I, I want to hit some points, though. Okay, okay. Because it's good. So, Social Enterprise in Action using apparel, live events, and brand sponsorship to support a national platform for real social change That's is what right. Stop Stuff Daily is about. Um, so I want to hit each of these five points because I think they're really they're very important. I don't even explain. know what they are. I'm going to tell you, girl. See, so much. What, the one thing about being a social entrepreneur yes. is so much change. Yeah, sure. So, so, so then you then you just you I'm just, curious you, to hear what the five points uh, are. <laughs> okay, get ready. Okay, so the mission. Yes. And you can tell me if it's changed or anything since mm-hmm. then. Empower people to change the world by creating one million leaders, activists, and social entrepreneurs. That's absolutely true. So that's still, that's still yes. true. Okay. The second one is, and you kind of touched upon it a little bit already mm-hmm. so far, the problem. Millennials are motivated by service and belief we can change the world. We just talked about it. Mm-hmm. But here's what I want you, to, want you to kind of expand on. Advertising does not influence them. They're obsessed with self-improvement and value authenticity over content. That's Talk right. About that. Yeah. So this is so... People look down on millennials these days, people like us who, well, actually not not us because you and I have done multiple things in our careers, but there are a lot of people who've had careers for, you know, by the time they get to us. Yeah, like, I don't even know what that feels like. Me neither. My mom's like, she she did 40 years in a job and all of a sudden, yeah, and that's that's now old school. That doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And millennials, they move around, but one of the main reasons they move around is because they look at life differently. They look at life more than just about having a job or even having a career, but when they're someplace, they want to know, how am I contributing? So if you're working Mm. for an organization where they feel like, oh, I'm working great, but we as an organization and I get a chance to contribute to Uh, the community, then that's where people want to stay. So that's the big difference between kind of, you know, then and now. And, And what I've done with Stop Stuff is try to make it easy to participate. So you can participate mm-hmm. by buying, you know, Stop Stuff gear. Yeah, yeah. Knowing that 15%. People love that. People love that. Yeah. So 15% of the, the proceeds go to organizations that are successfully stopping okay. stuff. We all agree we want to stop. Like okay. gun violence, homelessness, poverty, okay. child abuse, uh, human trafficking, right? Okay. And like I said, I you know I have a background in the pharmaceutical industry, which makes me uber focused on outcomes. So uh, it's yeah. like, so when 100,000 Stop Stuff hats are sold... 
$375,000 is going into the nonprofit community. What does the nonprofit community need? Not another nonprofit. They need money. Their money, especially these days where everything is yeah. getting cut and cut and cut. They, are, they yeah. need funding so that they can do what they do best. And some organizations are doing a tremendous job. They are. They are. Are. Um, but you mentioned advertising is an influence because you think oh, well, I'm yes, in Hollywood, so yes. advertising is everything, of course. That Mm-mm. 18 to 14, 49, or that 18 to 34, and that men, women, like so they don't really care so much. Yeah, no, and not even sometimes there have been instances. I don't know if you, you remember this, uh, it was about a year or so ago. You two put out an album, mm-hmm. and they gave I don't remember if it was oh, yeah. the album or if it was a song to everyone on iTunes, and all the iTunes people were like. I didn't say I wanted that song. Did I? Do you know that I like that music? Yeah. Do I want? Uh, excuse me, I don't want that. Yeah. Like it's like yeah. you're telling them what they should like. Or yes. that. No, I'm not trying to do that. So the thing, you know, about stop stuff. There's an opportunity for advertisers to not sell, but to empower. Okay, mm. so I'm saying creating you know i have this the 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 each one teach one uplift one tour Mm -hmm. so that's a national tour where we're focused on celebrity influencers which could be entertainers or athletes or it could be business people or people who've as as i said people have been through stuff done stuff and aren't afraid to talk about stuff to create a conversation with millennials that says youtube can become self-empowered I was on heroin or I was mm. raped or I my mother was shot and I've been through that experience that mm-hmm. you're going through now. So it's, it's bringing back the concept of, of mentorship from the perspective of, um, uh, you know, a, a, um, a mentor is not somebody who is a perfect person, right. but somebody who's been through obstacles, overcome them and will continue to do so. Yeah. So if I'm a sponsor, if I'm, Colgate or if I'm CVS or Mm -hmm. if I'm Walgreens and I've sponsored this event where millennials leave feeling ignited and empowered Mm -hmm. and strengthened and they're ready to step in, take that next step into, Mm -hmm. you know, their calling. Mm -hmm. What now? What kind of toothpaste or whatever am I going to buy? The one that they actually Mm -hmm. did something for me. They didn't try to sell me Mm -hmm. toothpaste. They tried to change my life and make my life better. It's funny. I am a huge... You're speaking my language right now. I'm a huge proponent of the village mentality. Yes. It's about all the time my shows. We are lacking that in many ways here in America and especially our communities. Other races do it all the time. Asians, Latinos, they'll live 20 in a house, all work together in that house. And then by the time each one has grown, they have a house. They have a house like Oprah. You get a house. You get a house. Yes. I mean, yes. you have a car. You have a car. Like, they yes. really do... They just shop at their own businesses. That's right. They promote their own. I mean, like I'm so glad you're saying. Uh, I'm like, this. I'm, so I'm yes. like, we need to. I mean, I have these, I have these discussions on Uber cars and yes, Uber drivers. Me too. How it's like, you know, it's black people. We come from a, a a history of the village works together. The elders help the younger people. The younger people help these people. People in the middle. Everyone's sharing their experience to make the whole village yeah. but better and brighter. Integration kind of messed us up. It did, so. but it, and and also this whole idea. And I was on a little mini ramp. My whole idea of this: <laughs> there's one slot for that one dark-skinned black man. Go. So we're all fighting each other. Yeah. Why don't we just say screw that? And have our and have there's twenty slots for us. Screw them. Let's create the spots. Well, that's why I say integration has kind of messed us up. So you know the the real importance of what you're just talking or what what you're describing right now 
is the dollar. Do you know that the dollar stays in the black community for less than six hours? I don't know. I know. A dollar goes in and it's immediately Uh, goes out. In the Asian community, I think it stays for 20 hours. And in the white community, I think it stays for 17 hours. Mm -hmm. So how, and that's that, going back to my story about Black Wall Street, Mm -hmm. do you know that that money there, a dollar stayed on Black Wall Street for like a year? Hello. Hello. What are we talking about here, Right. right? Seriously. And today, for me, it's like, why is it, you know, why we create a lot of products anyway for the masses. Why aren't we harnessing that more? And then not just that, why aren't we supporting that more? Well, that's the key. That's the key. That's the key. Because we and, are creating those businesses. And, I have, but, and I've had these conversations, yeah, you know, well, on Facebook and whatever, too. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, oh, I went to that one black business and I didn't get good service. So I'm like, oh, so you're telling me you've never gone to a white owned business and didn't get good service. But then you still went back to that same store? Let me sip store? my tea. Let me sip my exactly. tea. Exactly. Like that mm-hmm. really gets on my nerves. Mine I have too. to tell you. I had to tell you something. Okay, one of our live viewers. I am so sorry I butchered your name. I'm going to say your first name because I believe it's what it is. If it's Michael, um, says, super proud of you, Sean. Oh, I know who that is. Mikhail from the Boyle Heights Youth Technology Center. And he is one of the most amazing people. He's one of these people. He has devoted his life to these kids. You gotta come on my show. I'm giving He's you an open invitation fantastic. to come on my show. And he has such an amazing. Uh, no, I'm already. He has an amazing okay. story. Okay. He got cancer at Mikkel. I'm gonna say I might might be it's a little <laughs> wrong. Two years old, right. and he had his leg amputated by I think five years old. Oh my god. Yeah. So he is a cancer. Well, I'm survivor. giving you an open invitation to come on my show. So find a way to yes. contact him. James Hodge Jr. Everyone on no, social I media. No, I got it. I will. Okay. I'll, I'll, you I need mean, to be we'll on my text. show. Yeah. Okay. We need yeah. to be on. You need to be on my show. Yeah. He's um, amazing. But he says we're proud of you, Sean. Thank so. you. Oh, so fun. Um, but no, I yeah, I just I, we if we band it together. That's why some white folks were scared of us. Because when we if we came together, but we're going to, we're doing it. I'm saying, but I'm saying, we'd be seriously. From yes. I want the point that we should come, we come together. Yes, we have what to. amazing things will come out? What power will come out of yes. that? Yes, and we've and the thing is, see that Black Wall Street story is so important because those people they did it, mm-hmm. and then they did they lost their lives, right. they lost their homes. Imagine if that had not happened. Mm-hmm. How those that Black Wall yeah. Street would have been repeated over and yeah. over again. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, girl. There are parts. I mean, Atlanta. Yes. Is now becoming like the second oh, Hollywood like film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, for seriously. Sure. For, for seriously, sure. it's like it's really it's really coming up there. And I, love, I love Atlanta. It's not a good time I go there. But you know, Atlanta. There are other How parts. About, this is why I love Chicago. Everybody like who knows me knows <laughs> I have a love affair with Chicago. So do I, I do too. I, do I too. have a love affair with men from the Midwest <laughs> who are amazing. They are the most amazing men yes. in the United States. I love the Midwest. I love the Midwest. But the Chicago has that feel, and I, you know, and I, I went to law school in Philadelphia. Mm. Philadelphia had it too. Yes, where you have, and I gotta say, LA, I'm really missing that. I at least, and maybe I just don't oh, know, you know where it is. Know, you may, but yeah. there's this in Chicago, this strong, this black community of mm-hmm. of of power brokers, and they support each other. Mm. Like, they, they get together, mm-hmm. and they support, and they do this and that, where L.A., all that Hollywood, all that blah, that's, blah, that's, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I don't have time for blah, blah. <laughs> I don't have time for people who are telling me they're going to do stuff, and they, they don't, don't right. do it. Like, I really, I've, I've made my circle here. I don't even know if I have a circle here anymore now. <laughs> Maybe it's a crescent. It. It's a crescent. It's so it's small, because yeah. I need people in my life, going back to 
What was that thing that you said about, uh, you know, how people you rub off the, on people? Yes, the company you keep. The company you keep. keep yes. There, there's, there's a small community mm. in L.A. of company that even should be considered being kept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to say, yes. that's horrible. Uh, M. Dayton says, hey, Sean, great information being given here. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, no, I agree with you. So I'm like, I just, I'm like, okay, so part of the five points, okay, number three. Okay. We did the mission is problem, now the solution. Apparel with powerful branding that supports social causes by providing 50% to nonprofits. Right. Utilizes live events to sell a product, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, provide brands with opportunities to market by supporting empowerment, social entrepreneurship, and activism. What I want to ask you, number one, how did you come to 15%? What, how did that number come to you? Mm. Um, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know to, you know what? I saw that most companies do 10% okay. and I wanted to do more. That's, right, like that's that. that answer. Now... Apparel, okay, this is a question I want to ask you too, because apparel is big. Mm-hmm. I wear all kinds of apparel for people. People send me stuff, I wear it. I'm mm-hmm. like, if I'm so, of a cause, I support. Um, I did shout out to my girls who do um, I Believe for Autism. I wore the shirts and I did all those and like that. Apparel's big. People like stuff that's mm-hmm. written on there. Um, and it could be hats, shirts, pants, shoes, whatever. Right. Now, how do you feel about the whole Instagram thing? Because Instagram is heavy about people, hiring people, sending people stuff to show on Instagram, their mm-hmm. stuff. How's that, how's that part of your. In a larger picture, is Instagram a great place for that? Oh, yeah. I think it's a fantastic place for that. So there's live events, there's... Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so my Instagram is uh, at Sean N. Murray, S-E-A-N-N-E-N-M-U-R-R-A-Y. And people can go onto my Instagram and, you know, it's funny. And I know it's like I'm supposed to have a separate stop stuff Instagram. And I do, but I don't do that much on it. And the reason is because... I like having, you know, my company, my business, who I am. You're living it. All as one thing. And and one of the things about being a woman is that people love to try to define who you are and what you should be. You can't be a businesswoman and be sexy and be fun and be the, oh, yes, I can. And that's what I'm going to do. And I'm not going to ever apologize for who I am or what Mm -hmm. I do or how I do it. And I know that's kind of a weird answer to this simple question about Instagram. And I talk about Black Wall Street on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I talk about fashion. I talk about all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I I want to, you know, stop stuff is representative of Mm -hmm. you be you. That's why I say be yourself, change the world. So I'm the example of be yourself, change the world. And, you know, the the social enterprise that we're talking about, which is the apparel is one part and the nonprofit side is the side that is the million leaders, activists, and mm-hmm. social entrepreneurs. And I really see that it's an incubator. You know, mm-hmm. an incubator. We normally think of technology yeah. incubators. This yeah. is a social incubator for change. Yeah. I like that. No, that's, no, you're, 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 I, love, I love all your answers. They're, they're good. So oh, they, thank they're, you. They're, they're good. But <laughs> they're no, I, real. I, they are what they are. They're real. And, and yeah. that's, that's the thing. I just, I just I know that Instagram is a big proponent of, more so than other social media, that's like the big thing now. Yeah, yeah. People, I have some friends who are doing great stuff with larger men. They're doing some things. Like, and I just, I love all of them. I love it. And some, I'm in Inglewood. I live in Inglewood. Social people in Inglewood are doing some stuff with apparel, which I wear their clothes. Arbor Village, shout out to you guys. I, I, lo- I love it. One of the interesting things that has happened through um, Instagram and Facebook, too, is that I've had, like, the, the guy who just um, sent us a note, M. Dayton, yeah. he did this beautiful photograph of Stop Stuff Hats. Oh, wow. And I have the photograph. Actually, it's on my website. It's on yes. I mean, it's this beautiful artistic photo. I've had people create artwork that represents, wow. you know, Stop Stuff. Because, yes. And I love that because I feel like 
when artists come in and start supporting you, to me that really means Oh, well, something. art is very important. Don't yes. get me started on art. I'm an artist myself. I love art. I paint. I write. I love, I think art is just as important to society as politics, law, health, science. It's, uh, it's, in many ways, it fuels all those other things. Absolutely. And that's, that's what, what, and then you're in media, and that's what yeah. media does and movies. Mm-hmm. And one of my, my newest uh, board member for Stop Stuff is Rosanna Arquette. Mm-hmm. And she's she's just this amazing woman, yes. or her, her whole family. Yes, her whole family, yes. You know, they have, like, you know, activism that just they runs do. through their family. And she's yes. a, a major a- advocate against uh Human trafficking, and mm-hmm. I and I have actually a stop logo that I haven't released yet. Okay. That's specifically for human trafficking. Wow. But she's a woman who, you know, I met with her. She, 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 she just she immediately kind of you know grabbed on to what it is that I'm doing here, and she believes in it, and she's a supporter mm-hmm. of it. And uh, I'm, I'm actually I'm looking for actively right now a really strong, powerful black woman to be um, on my okay. advisory board. Folks. Yes. Out there. <laughs> yes. Now, what you also, one of your fourth points is dual business structure. So yes. Stop Stuff Daily, mm-hmm. the C-Corp manages the apparel line, hosts brand, sponsors live events. Stop Stuff Institute is the foundation, funds the other nonprofits, supports development of leaders and social entrepreneurs. I like yeah. that. They have kind of an education thing going on. Then you have like the apparel and the branding, all that stuff going on. Right, I like right. That. And I kind of all call it all Stop Stuff now. Some yeah. of those names I haven't yeah. used yeah. lately. But I there's StopStuff.com and there's StopStuff dot org and the dual structure is what we've been yeah. discussing and that that social enterprise part I, I really I just can't stress enough that to make real quantifiable change we have to focus on sustainability and scalability and you mm-hmm. can only do that with business not with charitable organizations yeah, that's true let's show a couple of pictures so this first one's with Mr. Smokey Robinson yes. who like I mean I don't know how old he is but he looks great. He does. Those he eyes does. are still light. <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's those light eyes. And so he's went one with the gun. Yeah. And Smokey, I have a, um, a, there's an interview on the Stop Stuff uh, YouTube okay. page where he's talking about, you know, I asked him sort of in, in the vein of the Stop Stuff, each mm-hmm. one, teach one, you know, what are the things that are important to him and his he's life? He's from Detroit and he's from, yes. I mean, the project. And, you I know, mean. he said a funny thing because I asked him, I said, have you ever experienced gun violence? And he's like, oh, and he, you know, calls, he calls everybody baby, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, baby. He's like, oh, only one time, only a few times when we were like on the touring bus and they shot at us, but, oh, right. but nothing really, <laughs> you know, and it was yes. just like, he was like, oh, yeah. You know, that was normal. Just we're on the tour bus yes. in the 60s. In the 60s, exactly. But he literally normalized right. what it is. Oh, I thought it was just God. such a funny thing. The Family Meeting Radio Show says, Speak Girl. Who's that? The Family Meeting Radio Show. Oh, that's Eric. He's in Chicago. He is one of those people in Chicago. Eric, I love you. I got to have you on my show, too. He, my oh, show. you do. He's, he's fantastic. Okay. And he's somebody who he comes through. He went to Howard. Okay. He comes through on everything he says he's going to do. We got to talk. I have a radio show you'll be great for. Yeah. And I he guess. has his own radio show in that, Chicago. So he's amazing. You can call. We got to talk. Yeah. And he actually brought to the table the um, Dr. Uh, Lonnie Allen, who is the chief academic officer of Urban Prep Academies in Chicago. Uh, do you know that school? No, no. That's the one that has a 100% graduation oh, rate and God. 100%. Um, uh, enrollment into college, all young black men. Wow. And this guy's the chief academic officer, and he was mentored by Eric. So, see, that's okay, that, that yes. cycle the I'm cycle, talking yes. about. Yes. It's so sweet. It's Why so are we plugged in? Why are we plugged in? <laughs> I don't know about LA, but I don't know about LA. I'm plugged in. Yes. Okay, not that picture. Can we that's not, show another picture, please? 
You think this is the third one? Is there one more? That's only two? Uh, what was the other one? Do you know? I can't remember. Mm. I, I, I thought I had... Oh, was it really the hat? That's it? Okay, well, never mind. We still don't want to smoke you. That's fine. Okay, now the fifth thing... It's just kind of fun. And I want to ask you what you've done with these. Live events. Talk to people who've been through stuff. I like the word yes, you stuff. Yes, Done bad stuff. Yes. And are afraid to talk about stuff. Yes. Share stories, ask questions, converse, and perform. Yes. Here's what's funny. I started doing, you know, I've been doing this for years. And I started, you know, I'm, I'm an interviewer. And I do, and, I, my, and my followers and fans know that I do share some of my personal life um, when, it's, when it pertains to the subject I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, but sometimes I even surprise myself. And the other day, and I had no problem saying this, the other day uh, I had a guest on my show who did a short film where a rape victim had to talk to their rapist to catch him. Mm-hmm. And it's a two, it's a two-person piece. It's powerful. It's called Pretext. Go on YouTube. It's really good. And she wrote it, starred in it, produced it. It's, like, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a victim of, of rape. Mm-hmm. Or I should say a thriver of rape at this point because it's mm-hmm. been years. I've survived mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. A violent act. Mm-hmm. And it's actually talking about it. So it's kind of funny I've learned now because of that I've actually been invited to speak at different places about it and so now I'm actually talking about stuff mm-hmm. and that's that's part of my stuff mm-hmm. and, and that's said, part of your journey part of my journey yes. and so now I'm learning that part of this like the last piece of me I guess yes, I'm learning of that yes. it's okay to share it talk yes. about it where I found a place for it in my life, kind of what that means. Mm-hmm. So you said live events. So you're like talking about speaking engagements. Could be concerts, right? Could be yes, yes. And it's about all about that engagement that you're talking about. It so talking about. So it's having people who are authentic, who who will reveal their stories. Yes. You know, and I'm a very very open person. I'm a, I'm a writer too, yeah. and I've been publishing Elite Daily. I have a, an oh. article in Elite Daily about having an abortion when I was in college. Yeah. And that all these women, you know, reached out to me after that, some who had never ever told their stories, saying yeah. to me either wanting to just share their story yeah. with me privately or just thanking me for being so open about sharing it. Yeah. I mean, we've all been through... If you're somebody yeah. and you're trying to talk to me like you haven't done something, right. you definitely have. You're just a liar. Yes. Just let's... And or be you're real super about afraid. It. Yes, or you're super, afraid. And, yeah. and, I mean, and I think and I used to be that way. Me and too. you know, black people, we're raised like, don't tell that. That's and very true. And now I'm like, I want to tell it oh, all. I, you know, it is I, the best yes. thing ever. Whatever you well, want to know, I'm going to tell it. I, I lost brother last year um in august i miss him every single day i'm sorry to hear that and so um but his death what his death did for me because we were super close only a year in age and i was one who found out he died and to my whole family Mm. so it was one of those things where now i'm very much in tune to my emotions Mm -hmm. you know more so i was already there i was already always 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 coming from center anyway i believe coming from center Mm -hmm. um and but with him dying and the fans know they see me cry on tv cry on radio Uh. I, i let it out and now I've learned I feel so much better. Yeah. I mean, I still miss my death, of course, yeah. but I, I feel so much better as a person that now I'm not afraid to cry on a TV show. Yeah. And it makes commercial. you so much better, but yeah. it empowers your whole audience. Yeah. All those people that are watching you are like, oh, I, I you you give permission. Now, like, you know what? I see him I so. crying. Yes. Okay, yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Because we don't see enough of that. I and mean, you certainly no. don't see that many, you know, black men no, doing that. And like I said, we've been taught to be very closed. And the yeah. reason we were taught to be closed is because we had to protect ourselves yes, so yes. from outside harm. Yes. And we still do. We do. And also, some, but, but the problem is, too, and I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but we're also kind of the shell is up for our own people, too, sometimes, because because we're so scattered and so out there, a lot of our own people give us labels, too. Yes. You're like, we need a strong black man. Yes. But they have to look like this. Yes. 
or do yes. it to ourselves. Yes, yes. And it's like, no, a strong black man can weep sometimes. Yeah. Well, you know, or, it's like Richard Branson has a great quote where he says something like, um, you know, the only way to, it's something about being boxed in. And he's like, the only way you can prevent being boxed in is to create, you know, never let anybody else put you in a box. So you can't, you have to just be open to who you mm-hmm. are. And and by the way, the more, and I'm sure you found this, because I definitely have, mm-hmm. the more open you are with what you are and mm-hmm. who you, what you've done and whatever, people are so accepting of that. Like so you true. will feel this amazing yes. love. Oh, and before I forget, and I don't know how much time we have, but I do want to just share briefly that, you know, that I'm a 9-11 survivor and that that oh, has wow. so much to do with okay. why I do what that, I do. Yes, that would, and, yes. you know, I I got to experience two things that day. One was the ultimate, ultimate terror and fighting for survival all yeah. day. And then the and the, the and that opened my entire heart. It really sure, did. It I'm opened sure. me. It, it's like I can never look at at. I remember thinking this was one day. So imagine being in the military and PTSD, Ooh, I know. Oh my and God, you go yes. through that every day, yes. fighting your for, for your survival and yeah. watching people die and what have you. Yeah. And then the second part of what I learned, this was post nine eleven. I experienced the most beautiful love I have ever experienced in my life. We were walking around New York City. Literally, we're on the subway silent number one looking at each other like I love you interesting I know I know what you've been through I have compassion for you we've we've we're gonna get through this together yeah. it was like 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 wow. multicolored roses were falling from the sky for several months yeah. and because of that experience I know what we can do yeah. I've been there yeah. I had that experience so yeah. I know a hundred percent for sure yeah. that it's possible yeah it's funny. I lost a cousin at the which in the Windows of the World restaurant. So mm. in nine eleven, it's, it's it's funny because I remember going to that restaurant. I used to I used to be afraid of heights, mm-hmm. and it was all windows, it had literally, the best, literally best views, best views, ever, best, best views. views ever, yeah. And I went there a couple of times yeah. to visit him, and have, and I and I actually lost him there. So it's mm, kind of so I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you were able to make it through. Thank you. Um, because it's and that makes sense. You went through something that changed your life, and now you're one to affect change with others. That's exactly right. Uh, more people should be doing that. Um, now, I asked my guests to say, because we're almost out of time, which I can Uh-oh. talk to you forever and ever. <laughs> you have to come back. You just have to, you just have to come back. Okay. Um, I asked the, folks who watch my show now, I, I asked the same two questions for every guest. I oh, don't, no. I, I should have looked this yeah, up. Every time I do this, I'm like, I should have watched the oh, end of the show. <laughs> I, don't, I don't prep them. As mm-hmm. you can see, I don't prep them. I like being unprepped. Yes. Actually. Well, this one's about language. Okay. I'm sure you kind of looked at me because you're a lawyer and you know about language. Mm-hmm. What word... Do you think we should not say anymore in the English language? Mm. To get our vocabulary. The first word that came to my mind was nigger. Wow, okay. That's the first word that came to my mind. And I know there's a lot of controversy around yes, it. Yes, there is. And, and recently, especially. <laughs> yes, and Bill Maher is learning yes. a very important yes, lesson right now about what he cannot say. And sometimes people get a way too comfortable with what sorry, they think folks. they can say. You have eight other words you can use. A million words yeah. you can use. So there's some words. I'm sorry, it's double standard. I don't care. You can't use it. Yeah, but if we could get rid of that word. I mean, I know that the... 
the rap community yeah, what have yeah. you has accepted it. and I understand that I, I really do, I do and I don't too. I have no issue with that but if we could just act like that word never existed a word that was just created to yes. demean us yes as much as possible to yes. dehumanize us that yes. would be the word that I would choose I would invite any again I love I love you some hip hop and rap I just wish that I would like to I'd like to invite him to come to some plantation I'd like to I'd like him to go to the Caribbean and go see where the slaves were brought here or go to go to West Africa and see the line where once you cross that line you were no longer your African name you were given another name that's right I wish they could go and see that personally and see how they feel about saying that word yeah. today I think, I think everyone should experience that yes. I mean it's about weeping I've wept totally crazy I mean see look at the, the sheets where they're saying you know Negro Good teeth, you know, strong hands. Like yes. we're, we're, we're Big broken penis, down. All yes. kinds of stuff. Broken yes. down yes. into bits. Yes, yes. I uh, wept like a child yes. Yes. when I saw that stuff. Yes, and see, we don't hear no. the good stuff. Have, are you familiar with who Mansa Musa is? Yes. Okay, yeah. so yeah. people, Mansa Musa. <laughs> Yep. Everybody know this is one of my yep. goals in life is for every black person to know okay. who Mansa Musa yes. is. A Malian king who lived in the 1300s, who is the richest human being to have ever lived, mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. worth. I think they estimate 450 billion dollars. Yeah, the Rothschild family is number two. Warren Buffett is like number 26. Yeah. He's the only person ever to single-handedly impact the value of gold. Yes, that's crazy. Because he gave away so much gold. Yeah. He he was and, and he was a uh, 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 going to the you know the pilgrimage when he was doing this. So he was a Muslim. I'm actually practicing Ramadan right okay. now, and okay. I, I'm not a Muslim, but I love. I wanted to do it this time to enhance, increase my compassion and my sense of gratitude okay. and it is absolutely doing that it works a lot yes. good okay now the other word i'm asking is what were you to say more of these days love you know i like that word because to me love is underrated but i want to say i want to add a caveat please to, do to that. please do so i'm not sure that 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 that's the right answer it was the first thing that came to me but i want I would love for the word love to be said with meaning. Mm. So in some ways, the word is overused. Love you mean it. So I'm saying I would would enjoy hearing the word love used when we really, truly mean it. Well, I loved having you on my show. I loved being here. I mean, seriously. Sean Murray, you guys, it's Stop Stuff. I guess .org and .com. That's right. You, 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 one goes one. to the other. One goes to the other. So they all go to the other. They all integrated. <laughs> so you can do one or the other. So yes, either one. Yes. And I'll definitely I'll have her back on the show. Well, we're going to talk. Well, she's not done with me. Not this. We're going to agree to me that easily. We're going to work it out. Um, you can follow us on, on Facebook under Breaking Into. There's a page there. Her stuff's on there also. And I'll be posting more stuff of her stuff on that page. Mm-hmm. Go to Breaking Into on iTunes. You can listen to us. And iTunes. Our, our so wonderful voice. That. I you love listen that. to us. Yeah. I'll send you a link. Make sure you have the link for that. Okay. But you can actually listen to us talking. If you, know, if you went in the car, you're taking a run, you're on the gym, you can listen to us talking this serious stuff we talked about. Or YouTube. Go to Breaking Into on the Black Hollywood Live page. Mm-hmm. Uh, BHL, BHL Online is Twitter. Handle. Uh, I'm James Lodge Jr. at James Lodge Jr. She's at Sean Murray, and that's S E A N N E Murray, M U R R A Y. You can follow us there too. And you guys, you know, of course, you guys, I have one more show coming up on Tuesday. I talked to a black composer. He does TV and film composing, things like Girlfriends and and uh, Mary J- Being Mary Jane, all these all these shows he does. And I'm talking great to him. Shows. He has great shows, and he's a great, he's a wonderful composer. And he's going to be on Tuesday, and then I'm off for a month. 
But you guys are so wonderful, and I appreciate every time you guys tune in and watch my shows, and I'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is awesome. Thank you. I talked to you forever. <laughs> Crazy. I love forever. From executives Kevin Undergaro, Dario Kristen, Tiana Hobson, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us, info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us, or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I am the official voice of Black Hollywood Live, Scipio, Instagram, at KingXOBay. Thanks for tuning in. As a matter of fact, the views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.